This is Bigger Pockets Daily, the no excuses everyday audio version of the world's number one real estate blog. I'm Tyler, and each day I read you short, digestible articles from biggerpockets.com. You can scroll through the catalog and see which titles catch your eye, or just make this a part of your daily ritual. Okay, almost time for the show. We'll get right into it after this quick break. This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my 9-to-5 job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Managing your finances used to be a pain. It was either useless apps or overcomplicated spreadsheets. But now with Monarch Money, managing your money is easier than ever. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com bigger. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it easy to set up, customize, and use. You can even collaborate with your partner, family, or financial advisor at no extra cost to get a joint view of all your finances. Customize your dashboard, notifications, and budgets with a tap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show right here will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash bigger. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash bigger for your extended 30-day free trial. How to Build Effective Systems in Your Real Estate Business Part 1 by Andrew Sirios. So if you're like me, I suspect you've heard a good number of gurus or even seasoned, well-meaning investors give the following advice in some form or fashion. Systems and policies are essential. If you want a business that works, you need to have systems and policies. You need to have those systems and policies, and you need to follow those systems and policies because systems and policies are absolutely essential to have and follow. Systems and policies! While it is certainly true that systems and policies are extremely important, as I will elaborate on further shortly, of course, just saying that isn't particularly helpful, gurus. Okay, so the how part is often missing, unfortunately. So in today's podcast and tomorrow's, in part two, I will at least sketch out an outline of how to approach building systems and policies for real estate investors. Why systems and policies are so important. First and foremost, the reason systems and policies are so important 
is because it's a massive waste of time and energy to simply reinvent the wheel over and over again. Indeed, even the simple act of making decisions can be exhausting. And so, if there is a solution ready to go for a given problem, such as a system or a policy, you can execute that solution with little thought and devote your mental energy to something else. Systems also make it easier to delegate tasks, as employees and contractors won't have to continually ask for directions. They also allow you to maintain quality control and standardize outcomes throughout the various parts of your business. Furthermore, they make it easier to stay on the right side of the law as treating someone, particularly a prospective or actual tenant, differently than another one could amount to a violation of fair housing. But... The most important reason for systems and policies, at least in this author's humble opinion, is that they lay the groundwork to scale your business. It's important to remember scaling is not growth. Instead, scaling is what facilitates growth. Investopedia defines it as follows. Scalability refers to the ability of an organization or a system, such as a computer network, to perform well under an increased or expanding workload. A system that scales well will be able to maintain or increase its level of performance even as it is tested by larger and larger operational demands. Growth for the sake of growth is the philosophy of cancer, which, left unabated, will eventually kill its host, the business. Only through scaling, which relies on systems and policies, can the foundation be laid to maintain or increase the level of performance even as it is tested by larger and larger operational demands. Only through scaling can you truly and sustainably grow a business. And even if you don't want to grow that much, systems and policies will make your life a whole lot easier, (laughs) shrink your liability, and also increase your profits. Here's the key point to remember. I can't think of anyone who has actually said this, but I do think there is an underlying assumption that many entrepreneurs believe you build your systems and then you build your business. Or perhaps you start off by building your business by going from one whim to the next, and then you realize you need systems. So you go ahead and add those. And then you go back to building your business. If I could ensure that this podcast accomplishes one thing, it would be to permanently remove this idea from your mind. Business does not work in such a sequential manner. Instead, you should be building your systems and policies in lockstep with your business. It's an iterative and never-ending process. As you expand your business, you should be expanding and updating your, you guessed it, systems and policies. It never ends. Don't expect it to. Learning and borrowing from others. Of course, that doesn't mean you need to start from scratch and feel your way through the dark to only learn from hard-fought and expensive experience. (laughs) There are plenty of good sources to learn from, including where you are right now at Bigger Pockets. You should be regularly reading the articles at biggerpockets.com on real estate and business in general, reading the books, continuing to listen to the podcast, and attending meetups and conferences. You should definitely be involved at your local real estate investors association or Bigger Pockets meetup groups and ask seasoned investors about their various systems. Trust me, people love to talk about themselves. They'll open up. 
There are also four books in particular I want to mention, Reading When It Comes to Systems and Policies. Any business owner should read through these. The E-Myth Revisited by Michael Gerber. This book outlines the importance of thinking of your business like a franchise owner would, creating the policies that could be handed to someone else in another market to replicate. The Checklist Manifesto by Atul Gawande. Gawande highlights the incredible improvement all sorts of organizations have made by simply having and following checklists for recurrent tasks. You should definitely start making these. We have developed checklists for creating scopes of work, screening residents, move-outs, and deposit disposition, analyzing properties, due diligence, and financing properties, etc. Having these and following them dramatically reduces mistakes and oversights. Traction by Gino Wickman Wickman goes over creating an EOS, Entrepreneurial Operating System, that covers every part of your business and then hones and streamlines them as best as possible. Scaling Up by Vern Harnish So Harnish might as well take the torch from where Hickman leaves off when it comes to scaling. He particularly highlights the importance of creating key performance indicators, KPIs, to monitor and improve performance throughout your company. As a bonus, I would also add Getting Things Done by Gary Allen to go ahead and systematize your own life. Of course, if you're a new investor, you don't need to read all of these before you get started, but I would definitely get on reading them as soon as possible. Laying the Groundwork As soon as you can, you want to start building systems, even if that's before you get started. Although you should not use a lack of systems as an excuse to procrastinate. Again, building systems is a never-ending process. You should start by identifying your core processes, as Gino Wickman notes in Traction. It's surprising how productive this step is. This exercise creates clarity of thought that is then put down in black and white. Just by calling your processes by a consistent name, you reduce complexity and increase efficiency in the organization. So, for example, in our business, we have the following core processes. Yours will likely be a bit different, but this should make it clear what you're aiming for. Acquisition, financing, private loans up front, refinancing, bank loans on the back end, accounting, rehab, turnover, property management, maintenance, human resources, like hiring, firing, etc., we have then blocked these into several departments. So I oversee acquisition and refinancing. My brother oversees human resources and assists in acquisition. And my dad is in charge of finding private lenders, financing. Thus, in our main office, we have four other departments that report to us. Property management, maintenance, rehab and turnover, accounting. I don't have the space here to go over each department or each component of each department, so we'll hyper-focus on one aspect to give a general idea. In this case, we'll look at how a typical turnover is handled through the property management and rehab departments. Our process is as follows. Seven steps, and I'll include the department that's in charge of it as well. Number one, visit the property and evaluate condition and damages, rehab department, Two, create a scope of work for repairs during the same visit. Of course, rehab department. Three, do a deposit disposition based on damages noted, management department. Four, send that scope of work to one or more contractors, rehab department. Five, evaluate the bids and make a decision, rehab department. Six, verify work is completed and take marketing pictures, rehab department. 
And seven, list the property, which is management. This process requires several checklists and policies embedded within it. For example, we have a scope of work template in Excel for writing up scopes. We have a bid template in Smartsheet we send out to contractors. We have a deposit disposition template, as well as a master availability list that shows everyone in the organization where things are at as the property proceeds from the management department to the rehab department and back. Some of these templates are available free of charge. Bigger Pockets itself has a long list of landlord forms, including applications and leases you can get for free. If you are a real estate agent, your brokerage and the MLS, of course, should also have such forms. As you standardize your processes, you should also standardize your materials. Use the same paint colors, or maybe just a few, vinyl, countertops, appliances, etc., for your rehabs and turnovers. This is going to make it simpler to acquire and replace these items and also make it more likely you can simply make repairs or do a touch-up rather than a full replacement. Now, this probably sounds like a lot, and uh, it is. You may be just starting, and the idea of having departments could sound pretty ludicrous to you. (laughs) That's completely understandable. I get it. It was how I would have felt not too long ago, really. But remember, building systems is an iterative process. Build your systems for you in the meantime, and soon enough, you will be hiring others who will want to make sure to follow those very same systems. Trust me, you will need to be continuously building and changing your systems and policies as you grow. Indeed, we have a whole smorgasbord of old Google Sheets and Word documents in what we refer to as the Google Docs graveyard, meandering about the cyberspace. There will be plenty of false starts and curveballs, no matter how well laid your plans are. (laughs) And that will do it for part one of how to build systems in your real estate business. Come back tomorrow for part two. All right. Thanks for making this show a part of your hump day. You know what else happens every Wednesday? Bigger Pockets webinars. They're live and free. You can register at biggerpockets.com slash webinar. Plus, if you're a pro member, you get unlimited webinar replays. What are your plans tomorrow? Hopefully, they include another episode of Bigger Pockets Daily. See you then.